This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the 13th Sunday in Ordinary Time. A reading from the first book of Kings. The Lord said to Elijah, You shall anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat of Abel-Meholah, as prophet to succeed you. Elijah set out and came upon Elisha, son of Shaphat. As he was plowing with the twelve yoke of oxen, he was following the twelfth. Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak over him. Elisha left the oxen, ran after Elijah, and said, Please let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, and I will follow you. Elijah answered, Go back, have I done anything to you? Elisha left him, and taking the yoke of oxen, slaughtered them. He used the plowing equipment for fuel to boil their flesh, and gave it to his people to eat. Then Elisha left and followed Elijah as his attendant. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm You are my inheritance, O Lord. You are my inheritance, O Lord. Keep me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, My Lord are you, O God, my allotted portion, and my cup. You it is who hold fast my lot. You are my inheritance, O Lord. I bless the Lord who counsels me. Even in the night my heart exhorts me. I set the Lord ever before me. With him at my right hand I shall not be disturbed. You are my inheritance, O Lord. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my soul rejoices. My body, too, abides in confidence, because you will not abandon my soul to the netherworld, nor will you suffer your faithful one to undergo corruption. You are my inheritance, O Lord. You will show me the path to life, fullness of joys in your presence, the delights at your right hand forever. You are my inheritance, O Lord. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Galatians. Brothers and sisters, for freedom Christ set us free. So stand firm and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. For you were called for freedom, brothers and sisters. But do not use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Rather, serve one another through love. For the whole law is fulfilled in one statement, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you go on biting and devouring one another, beware that you are not consumed by one another. I say then, live by the Spirit, and you will certainly not gratify the desire of the flesh. For the flesh has desires against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. These are opposed to each other, so that you may not do what you want. But if you are guided by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. 
When the days for Jesus' being taken up were fulfilled, he resolutely determined to journey to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him. On the way, they entered a Samaritan village to prepare for his reception there. But they would not welcome him because the destination of his journey was Jerusalem. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? Jesus turned and rebuked them, and they journeyed to another village. As they were proceeding on their journey, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus answered him, Foxes have dens and birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to rest his head. And to another, he said, Follow me. But he replied, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. But he answered him, Let the dead bury the dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say farewell to my family at home. To him, Jesus said, No one who sets a hand to the plow and looks to what was left behind is fit for the kingdom of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Carla, we are in the 13th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Uh, and note, we're back in Ordinary Time. Ordinary. I mean, holy cow, we've had some amazing feast days the past uh, few weeks. But again, remember, we are not talking about boring. We've got some great readings for you today. And in this first reading with the Book of Kings, there are, there are two prophets that unfortunately have similar names. <laughs> it is so hard to get through that, isn't it? <laughs> we have Elijah with a J. Uh-huh. We also have Elisha with an S-H. And you so did a good job making, I, I, making those I pronunciations. Tried. Yes. <laughs> so, so anyway, we had this wonderful interchange between these two, and it really kind of breaks down in, I guess, four parts here. We have God going and talking to Elijah and sending him on a mission. Uh, that mission then is the second part. He's asked to anoint a successor. He then transfers his authority to Elisha, but then it does wrap up allowing Elisha the ability to make a decision. So those are those four parts. And why don't you go ahead and dig into mm -hmm. each one of those? Because yes. there's a little bit with each one of these. That's oh, important. so much. The details in this reading are so rich in symbolism and they give us some great insight into how God interacts in our own lives. And like you said, this is the first reading begins with um, Elisha working in the field and just carrying on with his daily work. And then he's met by Elijah. And the reading tells us that Elijah set out to find Elisha. God initiates and we respond. And we hear that Elijah went over to Elisha and threw his cloak over him. Now, the symbolism here is that Elijah is transferring to Elisha all his God-given power and authority. But Elisha seems to have second thoughts and told Elijah that first he wanted to go home and say farewell to his parents. And Elijah responds, it, it kind of sounds harsh, but it's also just very straightforward. Basically, hey, I'm not stopping you. Go ahead. Do whatever you need to do. Do whatever you want to do. He made it clear that Elisha was free to choose, that God is not going to impose his will upon him. 
And then it was Elijah who realized that he had a decision to make. By slaughtering the oxen and burning the plow, Elisha was relinquishing all of his attachments to his former way of life. And he was willingly accepting the office that was being bestowed on him by Elijah through the power of God. And this is often how God works in our own lives. God doesn't just sit back and wait for us to figure it all out on our own. He uses the people in our lives to help guide us and teach us and challenge us to take up the work that he's calling us to do. Right. And I love how you said, you know, Elisha, basically, he made a decision and acted on it. Mm -hmm. And, And as part of that, notice here, it says, he used the plowing equipment for fuel to boil their flesh. So the boiling was an, a, a, uh, a note of celebration. It was not burning of a sacrifice. It was a celebration. Hey, I'm making this decision and I'm going to celebrate. And he severed that former way of life. I really like how you dug into that. That is beautiful. And that's that's really, I think, a call to us is you know to sever that, that past dependence on sin, pride, and, and all the things that happen on that selfishness. And that's really what we see on that second reading here today. But the joy that happens when we do sever that way of yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Because the second reading here, that's from the Galatians. And it says here, for freedom, Christ set us free. So stand firm and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. So this means that sin is slavery. Now, God gives us freedom. It says, but do not use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. He's giving us that libertas, that freedom to excel. And I think that St. Basil has a really nice quote on this in terms of our attitude here. It says here, if we turn away from evil out of fear of punishment, we're in the position of slaves. If we pursue the enticement of wages, we resemble mercenaries. Finally, if we obey for the sake of the good itself and out of love for him who commands, we are in the position of children. I think that's the attitude we need to have. Exactly. And that's why it's so important to understand what freedom really means. It doesn't mean that I can do whatever I want, whenever I want to do it, and however I want to do it. That's called license. Most of us are familiar with that old song made famous by Frank Sinatra, you know, I did it my way. I've even seen obituaries quoting those lyrics to eulogize a person, often a man, who lived life on his own terms. And it makes me shudder because there is a definite disconnect between the understanding of Christian dignity based on obedience to God's law and a complete and total abandonment to licentiousness in which a person's only goal is to fulfill his or her own desires and pursue personal satisfaction. And this really isn't so very different from the attitude that Lucifer had when he chose to follow his own prideful way and rejected God. Freedom is that in the truest sense of the word is when we dedicate our hearts and our minds to the service of God. Freedom means that we are free from the bonds of sin and free to follow God. We are free in God's law, not free from God's law. Yeah, exactly. We really need to learn and and grow in virtue to be able to place our earthly desires under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We're called to serve through love. So we see in that first reading, again, that decision to sever the former way of life. We see in the second reading this decision for freedom, this libertas, that freedom to follow our Lord as a children of God. 
Uh, we also see in the Gospel of Luke here today also a decision. We have three potential followers of Christ. Now, the first follower, uh, uh, we don't see any conditions that he placed on them. He says, you know, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus answered him, foxes have dens and birds have nests, um, but the Son of Man has nowhere to rest his head. And We did not see any condition that the person put on there. But then the le- next two, both of them put to conditions on their response. Lord, let me go bury my father first, which basically was a way of saying, let me stay at home until my father dies. The third person says, but let me first say farewell to my family at home, which was a way of saying, I want to stay at home until I'm ready to follow you. <clears throat> these are the ways that oftentimes we want to follow Christ, but there's there's these things holding us back that we, we have struggle, like Elisha severed his way of life. We need to make those decisions as well. Yeah, so true. And, you know, imagine this. So so disciple, discipleship means total commitment, like you said. And Jesus made it very clear that re- following him is going to require personal sacrifice. So imagine this. You're on a sinking ship. The captain assures the passengers that they can all be saved because there's room in the lifeboat for everyone. And, but all your personal belongings have to be left behind. And you suddenly realize that everything you own is on board. So now you have a choice to make. Do you stay on the ship with all your possessions and die, or do you leave it all behind and get into the lifeboat? In this gospel reading, Jesus gives those varieties, those those different scenarios of all who are called to get into the lifeboat of salvation, but find one reason or another to reject it or even just delay it. Jesus gives full disclosure. He doesn't want there to be any misconceptions regarding the cost of salvation. He calls each one of us to follow him. Most will look back longingly at the comforts and pleasure of the lifestyle that they're being asked to leave behind and say, nope, I just can't do it. Others may say, just not yet, and maybe they will or will not have another chance to do this later in life. Then there's going to be a small handful who will say yes. Redemption is free. Jesus paid that price. He did for us what we could never have done for ourselves. But salvation is something else. Salvation requires that we participate, and the cost to participate is a total buy-in, and for most of us, that will be a lifelong process. I think a wonderful way to close this human condition is a quote from John Cassian. Sometimes the will seems fixed on serving Christ, but at the same time seeks the applause and approval of men. It struggles to win future goods, but without leaving behind those of the present life. A will like this will never enable us to achieve genuine holiness. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through MatradeRadio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.